Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Catherine, we are here with another bonus little tidbit, this one is, because we're going to be talking about something that's amazingly not a bloody school shooting for a change. You're going to talk to me a little bit about an incident that happened in a church. So what can you tell me? Well, I want to tell you, I know that we feel like we're inundated with bad stories, bad stories, bad stories. And it has a little bit of a bad story, but there's a bigger picture. And something that I think a lot of people of faith, they're worrying about going to church on Sundays and what should they think about. And I wanted to tell you about an environment where they had exactly that situation occur. So kind Mm -hmm. of bad news, bad news, good news. The bad news is that in the midst of all these school shootings in the United States, probably very few people heard about this shooting that happened at a church in California where a person was killed and five were injured when a subject came in and shot them and tried to actually like firebomb the church. It occurred in a town called Laguna Woods, California. Are you able to timestamp it? When did that happen? Mm -hmm. May 15th. So just to put a explanation on why maybe we haven't talked about it, nobody heard about it. May 24th is when the Uvalde school shooting was in the elementary school in Texas. Then all news coverage turned to Uvalde because 19 children were killed, right? And two adult teachers. So this church shooting occurred. And here's the reason that I bring it up. So first of all, the terrible part about it is that there were six people shot at one of them who passed away. And that's terrible. There was news coverage about it, but it was more localized and it didn't hit the national news. But the reason I wanted to just bring it up today is to point out that a couple of the news stories that I did read had some interesting conversations with not only the pastor of this church, but leaders in other churches about, do you secure a church? And what kind of security do you provide to a church? Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who have overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection, and interview top thought leaders, game changers, and survivors. And it's from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover, and how to be brave. Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection? Because it was digital. Or maybe you just lost it. Well, Stubforge.com is here to change that. Imagine this. Tickets that not only look, but feel like the real deal. Because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses. And printed with genuine ticket printers. 
It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift or send the coolest invites, head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. I get asked this a lot. Should we provide security at our church? You know, I have my own consulting business and we have had instances of shootings at churches in the United States, as we have seen elsewhere in many times, if it's in a church or if it's in a mosque or if it's in some other religious institution, the shooting is generally more often than not, which are two great qualifiers to put on, meaning not all the time. Generally, more often than not, I, a politically motivated, terrorist-motivated type of incident. Somebody who is, for instance, a white supremacist and they're shooting up a black church. Somebody right. who is a believer in the great replacement theory and is shooting up anything that has to do with somebody who might be considered an immigrant, which is particularly entertaining when you consider that the people who are doing the shooting, their lineage means that their own lineage were immigrants to the country that they're living in. Generally, anybody who has white skin in the United States, chances are. What you're saying is not Native American people shooting these places up and then defending the fact that they are trying to keep the country for themselves. As it should have always been, because that's the way it always was. Apparently, Short memories. Short memories, right, exactly. But, you know, there's not a lot of logic to the great replacement theory, the white supremacy, the neo-Nazi concepts that we're all familiar with. And that those are huge parts of what we deal with in the United States and you deal with in the UK. So that idea of we want to have religious freedom, we want to be able to go to our church or we want to go to the mosque. How do you do that when you think that any moment somebody might be coming in the door? One thing that I thought was interesting is that, you know, 10 years ago, I would sit in on these quarterly meetings that the United States government Department of Justice would have with their civil rights and civil liberties team. We'd have, you know, hundreds of faith leaders who would call in when something occurred at a location. They would ask their questions and I would sit in on these big conference call meetings and faith leaders were afraid. And they said, our congregation is afraid. And that was, you know, years ago. Now we have more shootings. We have more incidents based on both the UK MI5 and the FBI's calculations. There's a lot more concerns about neo-Nazis and white supremacy uh, views. In fact, the head of MI5, Ken McCallum, he said 20% of his caseload right now fits into that. He was just in London with FBI Director Ray. We've just done a bonus episode on that meeting, actually, and what was discussed at it. So you can go back and listen to that one if you haven't already. 
you saying that it was 10 years ago you were sitting on these meetings with faith leaders calling in and asking questions. I thought this might have been a newer phenomenon. So it's not. There's always been this kind of concern about church security, mosque yeah. security, faith-based security. There has been. I think in the 60s here in the States, we went through a time period where there were attacks that were right. racially based. And those were part of the tumult of the 60s in the United States. Now, I think we have young, inspired kids who are, are making decisions you know, early on that they want to hate and getting weapons. And then they are going out and attacking places for whatever these kind of politically motivated in terms of their ideology that they want to pretend is important to them. Often, I think it's just an opportunity for them to kill people. So, yeah. So now the churches are making decisions to put security in and where 10 years ago, I was kind of saying, well, you know, we're not seeing as many as you think we are. And I get that you're afraid, but now the randomness of these shootings, uh, what struck me is this faith leader from California In one of the news interviews that I saw, he said, we're trying not to militarize our church. We prayed about it and we made a decision to have armed security as an act of faith. Without the new security measures, he predicted that the mass exodus by the congregation and the school on the church's campus would follow. In Laguna Beach, this was a Taiwanese Presbyterian church, but all over the country, I think faith leaders are saying, we need to make our people feel like they're safe. So maybe they're not at risk, but we need to find a way to make them safe. In some cases, groups that I'm talking to, the church is using their own members and finding members who previously are trained to be armed and making sure that they have a handful of security people who are in the church and every service just to give people comfort, even if there isn't as much of a risk, which I think is an interesting thought. Yeah. It's kind of like the roster for the altar boys used to be, but now you've got the roster for who's packing a weapon during communion. I mean, what a different world. Crazy. Definitely. I mean, I think that they've seen some instances, right? We have some celebrated video footage of armed security in the back of a congregation shooting a a shooter who comes in the door and puts Mm. the shooter down. And You know, I imagine we're going to see that here and there again. People who choose to do this, that's not going to necessarily go away. And I think that's where the congregations, that's where the religious communities as a whole are saying, we need to make the people who are part of our community feel more comfortable. I want to take a moment to tell you about my podcast, Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage. In 1984, a woman named Phyllis Cottle was abducted in broad daylight, tortured, and left to die in a burning car in Akron, Ohio. At the time, I was a rookie reporter covering this horrific story. Since then, I've reported every kind of crime imaginable. I've been able to leave most of them at work, but not this one. The one that buried itself under my skin and stayed put. Phyllis Cottle was a badass woman, and I want to tell you her story. A production of Evergreen Podcasts and signature title of the Killer Podcast Network. You can find Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage wherever you get your podcasts. Discover more great true crime and paranormal programming at KillerPodcast.com. Hey, podcast listeners, I'm Paul Brandis introducing my podcast, Countdown to Dallas. It's a fascinating, in-depth look at the seemingly unconnected events 
that led to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. It's based on my book of the same title. In that book and in this podcast, I go all the way back to 1939 when Lee Harvey Oswald was born into a troubled and dysfunctional family. I'll follow his transient and often violent teenage years and young adulthood, painting a fuller picture of the man who would later become Kennedy's killer. I also take a look at events unfolding in that era like Cuba and Vietnam, and I'll unpack the conspiracy theories too, not one of which has ever been conclusively proven. Subscribe to Countdown to Dallas at evergreenpodcasts.com or your favorite listening app, October 31st. And what advice would you give now? Is it different from what you would have given 10 years ago? I think that now people, you know, where I live, there's this view that everybody's walking around with a gun and that anybody could shoot anybody at any time. A little bit of a wild west attitude. So I think the fear level is so high that the risk is not the only part of it. Where before I might say, look, what's the risk assessment here? Is there a chance that you're going to have this happen in your community? It's pretty low. And you might look at some other factors for the risk factors. What you can't put into that is you can't quantify how nervous it makes people and people's decision to say, okay, well, I'm just going to not come to church. From a faith community, you lose participants in your church because of that. Or you lose community. You lose community. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out. This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to Community Podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, Please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it. Because it will happen. And it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other 
true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence and give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page. Hello, this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts.